0: After photographing for the past 18 years, I am sharing with you tips and tricks to cut through the excess noise because I believe from the moment you said yes, your planning experience should be a magical time in your life. Here you'll find episodes that are fun, stress-free, and straight to the point with a fresh, honest take about the reality of what you really need to know about planning your perfect day. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled podcast, friends. I'm excited to share with you my friend Nancy, who is the owner of Bridal Finery, a small shop on Main Street East Scottish. Funny enough, I got a text from Nancy, and she said that she would love to be a guest on the podcast. And I said, absolutely. What Nancy does is a very unique service that a lot of our listeners may not even know exist. And if you do, it's a game changer. She actually works with garments and she's been working with garments for over 25 years. So she's the master of how fabrics lay and how they present themselves. So she could do everything from custom pieces on your wedding day to treating and steaming and pressing your garments the day of your wedding day, to circling all the way back around to creating heirloom pieces with your garments after your wedding day. So I'm really excited to introduce you to Nancy. I want you guys to sit back, listen to our conversation, and learn a little bit about her very niche market. In fact, we kind of joked around when we were preparing for the show that what she does is actually the name of the show. She kind of unveils and works behind the scenes with garments. So with that said, let me introduce you to Nancy. Hello, Nancy. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So Nancy, I don't think I did that justice introducing you. So I would love for you to explain to our listeners a little bit about what you do, who you serve, and what you do in your business.
1: Okay. Um, so, I'm Nancy Sterido, as Sarah said, I own Bridal Thry- Finery. I do have the shop located on Main Street in East Greenwich. And my business is basically made up of three components. I started out um, in the industry many years ago, uh, actually making wedding dresses. I no longer do that, but that was sort of a segue into creating custom-made, Hair pieces, veils, accessories, meaning capes and wraps and all sorts of fun things um, that accompany your dress. Once the dress is selected, I can then go on and and style with you um, all of the accessories that you may want for your wedding day. So that's primarily what I've been doing for the past few decades, I'll say. And then there was a change in... um, what I was noticing was there were a lot of brides coming to the area from out of state. And when you come in from out of state, obviously you're traveling with this garment bag, either via a an airplane or in the back of a car or what have you. And it just dawned on me that these garments would need attention. I just, it popped in my head actually, Um, I had a wedding planner friend, had a situation with a client that um, their dress once taken out of the bag was in pretty poor disarray and needed some help and she asked me if I had any recommendations and therefore the second part of my business came about, which is I do go on location and I prepare all garments to... Get ready for the wedding day. Sometimes it's done the day of, sometimes the day before. There's a lot of variables that will determine when I arrive on location to do that. Then the third aspect of my business sort of came about over the past couple of years as well, and it had to do a lot with where the where the wedding design in terms of dresses and styles came in and sort of wanting a little bit of the past, be it like the lace dresses and that sort of thing. And I was suddenly approached on more than one occasion with um, heirloom wedding dresses, meaning a dress that belonged to either a mother, an aunt, a grandmother, and somehow the bride would want to incorporate as sex if not the entire dress as part of their wedding day so from that a lot of the times you know again that's a an individual situation it depends on the the design of the garment, the condition of the garment, etc. cetera, um, it may not have been able to be used in its entire entirety as is, but maybe some portions of it could be used for something else. So therefore, the heirloom portion of my business sort of developed and um from here, what I do is I, I create pieces, via wearable or home decor or anything, using uh, snippets of the the heirloom, you know, the garment. Um, and to collectively with the client, I might, you know, throw out some ideas and and give some some input as to how best the materials could be utilized. And then we come up with some new pieces that can either be used for future heirloom pieces or, like I said, just something commemorative using, um, using parts and pieces of the existing gown.
0: So I think what we'll do for our listeners is maybe we'll divide this segment up in three like segments. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, what you do at Bridal Finery for the custom pieces, then what you do for the style, and I'm sorry, which is the style and accessories, and then what you do on, the, on location, the garment care, and then we'll wrap up with the heirloom pieces. So before we get into what Bridal Finery is and what you do with the style and accessories, you did mention a little bit about that you started off designing and making wedding dresses. That's correct. Yes. You actually made, you physically sat there and you made people's wedding dresses. I did, yes. Ooh, I did was you? crazy like that, yes. Yeah,
1: that's right. That, that, <laughs> is, that is a task. That um, This was many years ago. You have to understand, too, that this is actually my second career. So you can do the math. um, But I've been in a textile world my entire professional life. I started out in interior design. I designed hotels and restaurants internationally. Um, so I was responsible for, you know, selecting the textiles for all the different areas and such. Um, and then I was interested in the bridal world and thought that I would jump into it making dresses. That was sort of my part-time gig, if you will, while I was working in the interior world. And, um then where did I go from there? From there, I just kept doing both, actually. I, I, I was working for an international company, and I was just out of my home making wedding dresses. At one point along the way, I myself got married. I had a child, and then, as you know, Sarah, having three, um, your world changes a little bit. So I felt I needed to uh, choose one one uh, career over the other. Um, I was also teaching at the time, I was teaching interiors, and um, it just got to the, a lot, trying to balance everything. So, um, at the time, also was the horrific station nightclub fire here in the state, and it changed how and what I was teaching. And I just use that as my swan song to say, that's it, I'm done with the interiors and let me concentrate on bridal. So I think I maybe made one or two more dresses and then decided to flip that a little bit as well and to concentrate mostly on accessories. And that's where what I've been doing ever since. And then that takes us to the? Exactly. So, so voila, the bridal finery was born. I've had a couple of different um, locations, but I am now in East Greenwich and have been there for quite a while now. Um, so, what I do is the the only prerequisite prerequisite for somebody coming in is that they need to already have selected their bridal gown. It doesn't necessarily have to be in hand, but at least they know what they're wearing. And then from there, I guide the bride as to um, certainly, you know, with their their either Pinterest boards or whatever they have, uh, their thoughts and ideas, I walk them through the process of what I feel um, would service them in terms of the, the overall look that they want to achieve on their wedding day.
0: You know, it's interesting too because I did talk about in the intro that I used you for my wedding, um, and then you talked about a little bit about which we'll get in later about the heirloom uh, products, but. You created and designed from scratch the little I don't know if you remember, but you did the little head pieces that all of my junior bridesmaids and my flower girls wore. And one we had like an extra piece. I, I think that you just created an extra piece just to have, or we we ended up having an extra piece. So anyway, the point is I have one of those pieces. And it's something that I put on the head. Of my two little girls when i did her newborn for the, both their newborn photos so because it was sentimental to me to have a piece that was worn at my wedding and then have them wear in their little newborn photos so i and i still have it so I, I don't know one day maybe i'll just you know we always save our dresses i don't know maybe i'll just give it to my daughters and say this is something that was used at our wedding but with that said i would love for you to talk a little bit about for the listeners a little about the style necessary care that you do for your business and what you can offer for them.
1: First of all, let me just say that's very touching and <laughs> meaningful for me as well. Of course, I remember making those pieces. <laughs> I'm honored that you still have one. Um, so, yeah, and that's again, that's explains a little bit about the heirloom part, but mm-hmm. we'll we'll talk about that in a little while. Um, so first of all, let me back up in terms of the um, selecting hair pieces and accessories and such. The one thing you want to be sure of is... It's all about your personality. You chose your dress for whatever reason. You love the style. It looks fantastic on you. It's, it's uh, complementary to your body type and even the coloration to your skin tone. And um, i expecting that it also works with the venue and the time of the day, time of year, how formal your venue is. Well, your accessories should all do the same thing as well. They should fit right in line with what you envision for your wedding day but for the the most part it's all about personality and um your personal style and that's what i achieve to do with you as um you know as a client is to is to select the things that work specifically for you and um so that's what a con- that's what we accomplish during a consultation. Also, I have many pieces, ready-made pieces, in my studio um, that meet certain price points. Uh, I I custom make as well, or I do something in between and take a piece and sort of tweak it. If you want something that's a little bit. Uh, longer, say, if there's a strand of of jewels and it's not quite long enough, you have a lot of hair and your hairstyle's going to be very intricate, I can add on. Or if there's something that maybe off the shelf is just uh, rhinestones and maybe we feel it's best if we add some pearls, I can go ahead and do that as well. So there's lots of semi-custom capabilities as well as fully
0: custom pieces. So for our listeners, Basically, if they're at the point right now where down the pipeline, they have their wedding date set, they have their dress picked, they really now can start with you. Absolutely. So some of the stuff that you can do is anything from their accessories to the accessories of their bridal bridesmaids, their mom, their family members, their flower girls. So pretty much if they, can, if, you, if they can think it, you can make it. Correct. And again, I also have ready-made pieces that I
1: offer. So I have some retail product as well.
0: Oh, that's nice. So they can go into your shop and they can... Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I do remember doing that. I, I remember going in and, and and then just seeing some pieces. But you ultimately created a piece for me. Tell me a little bit about why they would want to go to someone like yourself than just go somewhere around right the Internet. Because I would think that it's a lot to do with, like, do they have a unique piece? It's theirs. And and But at the same time, I'm sure people are worried about price points. When they hear custom, they automatically think it's so expensive. But I can tell you personally, it was not. That's correct.
1: again, I try to back into it a little bit if the client has a certain because every they all have budgets right. So I what I find is that they've not necessarily allotted a budget separately for their access, accessories from the dress. Um, so that's that's sort of an interesting uh, find that that is typical. Um, but I will come right out and ask, like, where do they want to be price point-wise? Now, if it's ridiculously low, of course, you're going to get what you pay for, be it that you're buying it online through a retailer, through an Etsy shop. Um, there's, it, there's no question that there's a direct correlation between pricing and quality. Um, but, you know, for some clients, quality may not be their main their main focus, they might just want the look. So, you know, within reason, I can work work within that as and well. And that's
0: what was that's what led me to you. There was a certain look. So what happened is, I obviously went right on the online, went in the shops, and it just wasn't finding what I what I wanted and then that brought me to you and there was just a certain look and you did it and I'm, it was very reasonably priced. Because I just think that a lot of people here, when they hear custom, they think it's gonna be this outrageous amount of money. And- I agree with you and I
1: think um, I think people are pleasantly surprised. Now again, if if somebody wants something for a hundred fifty dollars But yet the look that they're showing me is much more than that. Well, something has to give there. So either it's the quality of the work or the quality of the materials. But I try very hard to find um, suitable suitable findings and products to start with that will give us the same look without compromising uh,
0: the budget at all. Nancy, what's some trends that you're seeing right now that people are doing with with the bridal look? Um, well, certainly I do need to follow what's
1: happening with the dresses and, and even just fashion in general. Um, the layered look with the delicate, you know, chains and such around the neck for the hair pieces. Um, there's still that very romantic, like wanting to do updo's or a partial updo where there's a lot of texture in the hair. So there needs to be some sort of um, just accessory piece of the pearls and jewels or or what have you. Tiny bit of color. Um, some, Some blushes and pinks are mixed in a lot. A little bit of greens. Um, and certainly there's that bride that wants her something blue to be some kind of jewel in oh, her Oh, interesting. Yeah. I actually this um, had a very fun project um, about a month and a half ago. Um, it was by default, I'll, I'll admit. Somebody had contacted Um, A vendor online to create something well over a year ago and about six weeks before the wedding the vendor bowed out and said that they couldn't do it so my name came up and um, what the bride wanted she has a collection of sea glass and she wanted a hairpiece and a belt made from pieces of sea glass that she had collected and so we corresponded back and forth via um, text and photograph and phone call. And I was able to put together what, what she wanted. And That's I have to so say, cool. It's very cool. And she wore it very well. It was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Do you have beautiful. a picture
0: of that? I have an informal. I'm waiting
1: for the, um, for the photographer's.
0: Well, maybe if um, by the time I put together the show notes, maybe if you get that picture, you can share it with me and I can put it on your show notes so our listeners can see this custom piece that you created. It'll give me some uh, reason to track it down. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So, Nancy, what's a tip that you can give our listeners to about when uh, a a bride is looking for like a hairpiece for herself? The biggest tip
1: I would say, again, I've already mentioned it's all about personality and and your personal style, but certainly you need to consider your hairstyle as well and also the type of makeup you're going for. Are you going very dramatic or are you keeping it um, sort of more earthy, low-key, subtle? Um, But the biggest thing with all of those factors combined is proportion. What you need to do is to be sure that everything is kept in proportion. And by that, I mean, um, where do you want the eye to go? In my opinion, we want to look at you, your face, the bride. We want to see Sarah and those gorgeous eyes and, and all of that. And then secondly, you notice the dress. And then all the other accessories kind of fall into line. That's sort of my philosophy of, of how I approach accessorizing someone or even something. Again, I think it goes back to my architectural interior design. It's it's constantly a balance of, of proportion and fit. And I suggest the same thing. So for example, if you, if you insist on wearing a big earring, you may not want a huge piece on your head, particularly if you're Petite in size and nature, so you know stature works. You know, in this in this department as well, so to speak, and it's all about just having the right proportion. Um, has a lot to do if you just think quickly about wearing eyeglasses or wearing a hat. How many times do you hear people say, "Oh, I can't wear hats"? The thing is, you can wear each of those things. You just have to find the one that works best for you. And it's the same thing with hairpieces, accessories, and veils.
0: So I think the takeaway here is that if we have a bride who's listening, she has to find her dress, come on into your shop, you have a retail shop, and then if she, and then you can also create a custom piece for her, and then you'll step her through. Maybe, maybe there's things that she doesn't even know she needs, but you can help her figure it out. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Nancy, we're going to take a break, but when we get back, I would love to talk about the other two parts of your business. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, I encourage you to check out our website at sarazarella.com. And don't forget you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. And I would so appreciate if you left a fabulous review on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support. And now let's get back to the episode. Well, welcome back, podcast friends. I'm here with Nancy. So, Nancy, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the portion of your business with the garment care, and how did that come about? Absolutely. Um, it came about by default, I'll say, Um
1: Again, I received a call from a wedding planner friend. She was having a client fly in from, I believe this one was Texas. Luckily, she had arrived a few days before the wedding, only to find that uh, when she literally unzipped her garment bag, her ball gown was rather crushed, I'll say, (laughs) and um, didn't know what to do or where to turn. So... um, my friends called me and asked if I had any suggestions. I so happened to have a couple of commercial steamers um, and said, well, you know, what's your time frame? Whatever. We worked it out. I went on location and decided, you know what, this can't be the only person that this has happened to. Um, So since then, and it's then, oh, I don't know, six, seven, eight years. I kind of lose track of time. um, I I go on location. Ideally, it's to wherever the bride is getting dressed the day of the wedding. However, sometimes with these, as you know, Sarah, large wedding parties, you can't um, please everyone within a couple of hours with, with, you know, if there's that many garments to tend to. So then I will go either the day before. It depends on scheduling and um, in the timeline and when everyone arrives into town and when the garments will be there and, um, you know, just who the priorities are and that sort of thing. But I'll make sure that particularly my my concentration is on the bridal gown, the veil, uh, the groom's tux, and then all the other pieces kind of fall in line based on need.
0: I think that's really important, too, because there's been so many times where I arrived on location in the bridal suite where they're getting ready and they're doing their hair and makeup and you're, you are there and you are steaming their garments. And I think a lot of people need to realize that, you know, when you said something to me that made a lot of sense, is that what do you want to be doing on your wedding day or what do you want a loved one to be doing? Do you want them to be hanging out and enjoying the moment or sitting there with a steamer? Exactly. Because somebody has to do it. I mean, it, it's it's not a matter of do you or not. Do not. No, it definitely needs to be done. It's just who's doing it for you. Exactly. And I've arrived, and I mean, I think we did a wedding. I know it was last Labor Day weekend, not this one, but last one. And there was a good amount of girls. Mm -hmm. You were there for a few hours, but you steamed every single girl's dress, and you made sure the bride's dress was all steamed. Exactly. And and they got to just hang out. They got to take pictures with me, get their hair and makeup done, have mimosas, and have a good old time. (laughs) And how many times have you
1: seen um, when – when these things aren't taken care of, have you seen the um, what do I want to say? The robes with the creases in them Ugh. because they were just taken out of the packages. I don't think any amount of uh, editing can can no. get that out. No,
0: and and, I th- and this is what I was trying to say in the in the opening that I don't think a lot of people realize your, what your services are, and and that it's there. And then once you realize it, you realize you need it because there is so many times, like you said, that there's so many robes that have the creases on it. You know what else I really wish you would do? You need to open up a fourth part of your job, which is where you need to go to the venues and you need to steam the linens, the linens. on the tables. I knew you were going to say that. That makes it's such me a cringe. Pain, it's such a pain point. I, see, I don't really need to worry too much about the bride's dress and the bridesmaid's dresses because obviously they're hiring you. Or if you're not there the day of, they're doing it the day before prior and they're making sure no one touches it but i'm oh god you talk about the robes that happens all the time i don't think that people concentrate so much on the dress that they forget about these cute pj's and these cute robes that they're wearing and then on top of it there's so many times that Dan and I will be detailing the venues, and when we call, say detailing, that's when the photographer takes the detailed photos of all your time, energy, and money into what your venue looks like. And there will be literally a linen there that has the fold creases on it, and it's, it's a pain point for me. So now – Many venues, if not all, have some
1: sort of steaming device. Whether or not it's in working condition or whatever, I just think, particularly this past season. I mean, you know, we've all been going crazy, and they're just quickly changing, you know, a ballroom over from one party to the next, and there really is no time to go ahead and steam out that head table linen or whatever the case may be. Um, but you know, a lot of venues say, oh, we have a steamer and, and that sort of thing. Well, that's fine, but now someone needs to use it. <laughs> right. Um, but I never rely on those anyways. I When I go on location, I bring, as you do, you have all your camera equipment. I have my own equipment, um, including a um, portable sewing machine that I swear if I keep it in my car, I'll never have to use it. So I travel. I I pack my car at the start of the season. And actually, it's still packed because I have two more weddings um, to go at the time of this airing. And it will stay packed until that very last uh, location for the season. Um, But I've had to, you know, yes, the intention is to garnet care. Well, what exactly does that mean other than steaming and pressing? um, It might mean that, oh, the uh, three of the groomsmen forgot to have their pants hemmed. Or I had a client a couple of years ago fly in from California. She had this gorgeous layers and layers and layers of ball gown, which obviously needed attention because that there's no garment bag big enough for that. Um, but also, once she pulled it out of the garment bag, she realized that the... Um, that the bridal shop not only forgot to stitch in uh, the cups into the bodice of the dress, but they also did not include them. So I got the phone call, you know, can you help out? Absolutely, took my stash of of cups with me and, and uh, helped her out with that as well as steaming. And it was actually quite funny. There were so many, such yardage of fabric on this huge doll gown that when I, um, so I was sitting you know, on the sofa in, the, in the, uh, the suite there, and the wedding planner walked in, and she's like, Nancy, are you here? And I was literally, like, just covered in layers and layers of dress trying to stitch away at the, uh, at the cuts. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so yeah, so that made for a very comfortable and happy ride. Nancy, what what type of things do you help the gentleman out with? Um, for gentlemen, it's definitely um, the tuxedo sleeves or, or suits. It can be a tux or a suit. They're all, you know, pretty much made the same. A lot of times in travel, the sleeves will get crushed, like folded over, and you'll see that sort of crease happening. So that's, that's one of the key points. And then I'll go in and, you know, take care of that and then stuff it with tissue. Um, the other thing is how the pants are folded over the hanger. You get you'll get a nice crease point there, and the shirts always have to be done. So it's things that they don't think about because oh, we don't need to do that shirt; it's going to have the jacket over it, and that's not always the case. That's not
0: always the case, I can tell you. Especially, you want to be you're basically helping people be picture ready. Exactly.
1: I, no. It sounds corny, but basically wrinkle free
0: on their free? wedding day. I got a question for you. Do you at all? Um, help men do, do their ties? Bow ties, absolutely. Yes. On location. Okay, so here's the thing. If it
1: happens to be where um, I'm steaming the day of the wedding, um, oftentimes, depending on who the wedding planner is, if they find out that I'm going to be there, I might stay on longer to assist them as well um to get the timeline like to stay on schedule with the timeline to literally get them to the church on time or the the couple might even hire me to stay on to sort of be their personal valet in which case that's exactly what I do is that I will tie bow ties, neckties, um, just make sure that you know every every literally every scene is in place and, and that everyone looks fabulous walking down the
0: aisle. For the people who are listening, I really strongly suggest that you do contact Nancy if you are having any form of men in your bridal party. The reason why I say that is there is, I would say, not even kidding, 90% of our weddings there's always somebody on the male side that does not know how to tie a tie or do their bow tie or even put their uh, lapel on so um, a lot of times I see them there's they're literally sitting there and googling it they are or they're watching videos and there has been not there's been not many but enough that I, I take note on this that we are late men are late because they are trying to learn the day of and it's 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 does take some time to learn. Sure. sure. Um, so, I mean, if someone's listening and you do have people in your bridal party, it's it's worth a phone call at least to see, you know, what you could do and help them the day of. I mean, it, it, like you said, sometimes. You know, your time, there's no, you can't put any value on it. Your time is your memories, and that day you just want to be enjoying yourself versus watching a YouTube video. Exactly. That's a very
1: good point. And I've had that happen the last three weddings that I happened to walk into. And the, in one of them, the groom was so stressed out. I mean, the, the color of his skin changed because he was getting so nervous that he, he really thought somebody in his party could help him out and tie the tie. And, and, um, I just happened to walk in for another reason, actually, and um, he he just pleaded with me, "Can you help me? You know, whatever." So, so yes, it is important. And if you you know, if it is nothing else, I'm going to use Sarah's words. And nothing else, the takeaway would be is to prepare for that, like you know, practice a few times if you don't want to have somebody there. Um, The other thing I wanted to say, kind of based on something that Sarah had mentioned earlier, is. Yes, I get so many people saying, oh, you know, we decided we're going to bring our own steamers and that sort of thing. That's all well and good, but a couple of things. Steamers do spit water, even commercial ones do, mm-hmm. and your fabrics may not uh, react to that very well. So you need to know what to do with um, you know, with spitting water or um, clogging in the steamer or whatever. You need to, you know, be aware that some can't even be steamed. They might need to be dressed.
0: You mentioned that, and, and that brings up a good point, because being on the photography end, when you are in the room and girls are getting ready, I don't think that a lot of people realize that everything's happening so quickly because we have a ceremony to get to. So if... I've seen this so many times where the ladies will stain their own garments and the water does get on it. And yes, eventually it will dry, but not in time for what I need to do, which is taking the photos, which is happening right then, right there. So now we have this big water stain. stain. Exactly, yes. So, you know, again, it, it just comes back down to just being prepared and sometimes. Um, just having someone that understands garments and what they need right on site, is, it's a huge benefit. Is there any tips that you can give to our listeners that they should tell, ask for the bridal shop to help them with assisting them? from Whether it's the bridal shop and
1: or if you're going to a different seamstress um, to have the work done in terms of your alterations, ask if they can... Um, stuff, if you will, your dress with um, like a cardboard bodice. I'm sure you've seen that before. Mm -hmm. Dry cleaners have them as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if not, or, or if so, in addition to, there's all kinds of stuffing that can be done with um, regular tissue paper, but just like mounds of it to sort of make the shape of the body. That helps out tremendously um, for traveling from point A to point B. It may not so much help the skirt portion of your dress, be it a straitser or a ball um, gown or I anything to in between,
0: I but at least it will help the bodice to, yeah. to
1: maintain its shape. And uh, not, you know, get us crushed. <laughs> I have a couple things I want to talk about with Nancy about that. We're stuffing in there.
0: So, Nancy, you mentioned about having them have their bridal shop stuff the bodice. I got to share something with you. It's such a pain point for me, the uh, the picture that every bride wants of her dress on the hanger. Mm-hmm. It's – I literally – I've been doing this for 18 years. I struggle with this picture still to this day. Because nothing makes that dress, in my mind, look as beautiful as it does on her. Of course. So a lot of these times when you just talked about the the tip for our listeners is to have their bridal shop give them the bust that they can travel with. First and foremost, I show up and it's there. I I have to take that bust out because you can't have a picture with the bust. But then when you take it out, the reason why it's there is it's supposed to hold – the garment in and all of a sudden then the fabric just meow, like sinks in so like sometimes I'm messing around with a tissue paper to try to fill in the ladies you know and but I could just never I, I guess I just it's just it's, it's such a struggle for me I can never get those pictures still to this day look as beautiful as I want them to look
1: and you probably won't it's it's no fault of yours for sure the um the dust that I'm speaking of I I recommend more for travel, right. but obviously it's not going to give you a good picture, nor is a plastic hanger. <laughs> right.
0: And that's the thing. So it's like, um, for, for so definitely listeners get one of those, you know, nice hangers. Um, But also too, like you said, I mean, you, you, you know, you keep the bus in there for travel, but you have to take it out for the pictures. But I don't think that people realize is that when you take it out for the pictures, it really... It, your dress does not lay the way it does when it's on you.
1: No, it, it definitely won't because it, it's, first of all, it should be altered to fit you, your form. It should the form-fitted and um, you remove that cardboard or you don't have the body in it and chances are the fabric, you know, it's fabric even if it has boning or any kind of structure built in. It's also, it's when, for your shot, Sarah, it's when you need those annoying ribbon uh, Straps inside that are there just to hold the garment onto the hanger, and they serve no other purpose. Um, but again, it's not going to take the place of a body.
0: Absolutely, I'm glad you brought the, the ribbons. So, I on my Instagram feed, I always try to give my followers tips, and I constantly, am posting this one small tip. I'm going to say it today. Constantly, I'll post it maybe every six weeks, just to throw it out there. Please bring a pair of scissors the day you're getting married for three reasons. One, to cut those ribbons out of your <laughs> sides. And two, the veil always has a ribbon on it because it usually has a tag or that. There's a, Nizzy, you might know, why is the ribbon always on the veil? Is it the way it hangs? On the um, it's sometimes used as a
1: hanging device. Oftentimes, it's the label though of the manufacturer, That's what it is. so yeah. that
0: needs to be cut. And you can't rip it, and you can't use your teeth. And so a lot of times they're calling, they're calling down to the front desk to to get a pair of scissors. Honestly, I carry a pair of scissors, but I just say please have it. And the other thing is, believe it or not, you talk about taking care of the garments. I mean, there's a lot of times on you, you know, on site you put the you put it on, and there's a piece of fabric or just mm-hmm. something
1: threads. But hanging
0: um, on uh,
1: tulle dresses. I can't tell you how many times one of the layers is inevitably uneven. So I'm in there a lot. I have to, I'm I'm laughing to myself because scissors and lint rollers are the things I stock up on every year. Yes, and my car is always loaded with both because I'm I'm constantly leaving them for the, for the uh, wedding party. I,
0: I I do laugh because you know we're all about you know getting the emergency kits for the brides and like the hangover remedies and the Tylenol and all that stuff, but we forget the basics. So if you're listening, um, Scissors and a lint roller. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and then I'm also going to add I
1: oftentimes, particularly for bridesmaids' dresses, cut out those annoying ribbons. But then what I'll do is I'll actually tin them, safety tin them back in place so we can use them to hang the dresses so that they're ready to go until they're worn. But then they just oh. untin you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. And then they just untin them. And what they do with them at the end of the night is not under my
0: contract <laughs> <laughs> so Nancy I before we get into the third component of your business which actually funny enough I didn't even know you did until we started talking uh, okay. I didn't know um so we started talking a few weeks ago I mean I knew I knew you did number one and number two but I didn't know about number three um but can but can you tell us a little bit about pricing with the garment and on-site care and how does that work a little bit Sure.
1: It's all based on uh, the number of garments and also uh, the design and the fabrics of each of the garments and also the condition. Now, granted, we don't know exactly what the condition will be until all of us arrive on site, but I sort of have an idea based on, again, if it's a doll gown that's being sort of, you know, neatly as neatly as possible put into a zithered garnet bag those bags are only so large so chances are there's a good amount of work that needs to be done to the the skirt portion of it um each quote is individual based on the needs it depends on where i'm going if i'm going you know um the day before if i have limited number of hours the day of you know i I, certainly let you know everything up front. Again, I take everything with me in terms of equipment. I am insured as well. Um so it you know, it, it all varies depending on
0: what you need to have done. So it's worth just a phone call. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. So now this is the exciting part for me. Because okay. I know about everything you've already talked about, because I used you for mm-hmm. my services, but I did not know about the heirloom pieces. So tell me a little bit about this. So this is something
1: that I've toyed around with for, okay, I'll let you know. It's 25 years this year for me, um, for bridal finery. So again, you can figure out the math there. Um, But it's something that really has taken um, sort of not the forefront of my business, but it's really become a a key player in my business, if you will, the last couple of years. And I really do think it's the had of having to do with the design and the focus on bridal uh, dress styles the last few years. You know, it's been a lot of lace and and um, sort of, Indel- lace embellishments, meaning like appliques or kind of bits and pieces that are layered. And um, with that, I've had a lot of wedding dresses uh, come in... Come into my studio, and again, we're talking like 70s, 80s, 90s dresses that are quite funny to look at in terms of um, you know silhouettes and such. And, and it's not that the bride wants to wear that, but they're looking to see if there's anything that can be salvaged from I that. I was just you, say,
0: how many people we we preserve our dresses,
1: right? And sometimes that. But we're. we're doing with it? I want to know. Um, Well, the key thing, a lot of what people, the first thing people do um, is more, as soon as they have children, they might have a christening dress. If, if, you know, if your religion has you believe in that, where you're being uh, baptized and such. So that's the number one thing that I actually, this year had um, this very, 1980s princess dye influenced i have three of these dresses sitting in my studio right now all from different people but there was gorgeous lace on this dress and it just had yellowed even though um i believe they did have it it preserved but for some reasons oh i know what it was they had it preserved but then over the years others in the family wore the dress so i'm going to say the bride's mom wore it first and then her sisters wore it So it had like three or four wearings, and then it didn't get preserved in between those times. So the dress came into me in a garbage bag, and it was very yellowed, but the quality of the lace was just stunning. And I recognized it because I had similar lace on my wedding dress. And so... Um, the bride was getting married uh, this past fall, um, early fall, in um, Vermont, and she had a very clean, very plain, very 2021 dress, and she wanted a veil. I had helped her friend with a veil, so she asked me if I could make her something, and they brought in this dress, not realizing the quality of the lace that was on the dress and the yardage. There was a lot of yardage. So I started taking the lace off. I cleaned it up a little bit. and it.
0: Cleaned. You can't do anything without yellow, though, right?
1: In this case, I could because oh. I could wash the lace. I did it all by oh. hand. I just did a little section of it.
0: Wow. And
1: okay. yes, the yellow came out and the lace was just gorgeous it wasn't a bright white it was just that slightly oh, off white which was perfect for the bride's dress so i presented you know what my thoughts were and i ended up making a cathedral length veil with um completely trimmed in this lace and um i'll tear up because the bride walked in and she just started crying do
0: you have a picture of that i do have a you picture you have to send that and i'll put that
1: I on on the, on the show notes um, it's and it's that sort of thing. Oh,
0: Nancy, you're, too, you're I sure, am. So, I you know. Love I'm your, so sappy. After 25 <laughs> years,
1: I still get really wishy about No, but it shows your passion this. and your love for what you do. I have to tell you. So um, little side note, last year, as you know, COVID, we had nothing, right? Be careful what you wish for this year. But I was really thinking that it was my swan song. I've been yep. in this industry a long time, like I said. I think a it, lot of us thought that. I think so. For me, like I said, it was my second career. Was it time to move on? I really had nothing at all lined up and it was really bothering me. Um, and I had to give it some really heavy, deep thought. And then I said, you know what? I'm not ready to give this up yet. Because then I would get that occasional call of, um, oh, can you help me with this? Can you, you know, what would you suggest doing for that? And I just got so emotionally tied into it again, and it's true, I do, I edit. When I When I get caught up with my clients, I do get quite emotional about it.
0: No, clearly it wasn't it wasn't time for you to go because I mean you have a lot more to give. I mean your talent's a lot more there oh, and, you're and kind. your No, I'm serious and your love your love is there. I mean look at it. You were tearing up when you were explaining I was tearing this pride. up and the
1: thing is I since have gotten a message from the mom just thanking me because now she has some nieces that are looking not only to wear Her daughter's veil. But
0: what, their aunts? Well, Well, there's still so much
1: more on this dress that I can sort of extract from because they were ready to throw it out. And I'm like, absolutely not. Do not throw out this dress. So that's just one example. I have a few more sitting um, in my studio. I have a a client who um, is getting married in the spring. It's a destination wedding. She has her mom's dress, um, which has some lovely pearls on it. I'm going to say that's the only thing <laughs> lovely about the dress, that she agrees with me. So I'm taking the pearls and I'm making bracelets Um I'm not going to go into it any more detail in case somebody in the wedding is listening. Right. Um, <laughs> I just realized that. It's like, oops, can't say too much more. So, you know, you never know what the takeaway is What as far as what can be done with the dress, whether it's, it's for the wedding or, you know, there's another one I'll just say quickly. I'm making um, holiday Christmas stockings using some of the embroidery on the dress. So it can be a home decor item as You
0: well. know, I really wish that, well, I don't know if you were, doing this when I got married but I really wish I knew because you know what's funny is that my mom when I got married she pulled out her dress but her, her dress is it was not preserved correctly so it's all yellow and but I went oh I wish it was preserved because I honestly I probably would have done something with her dress like meaning I probably would have ended up wearing it somehow because the neckline was a very unique boat neck it's it's it, there's the neckline on her dress is something that hasn't came back yet in fashion but it's like right there but I would have done something with it but anyway may I digress over there but I wish I knew because those headpieces that you made for me for my little junior bridesmaids and my flower girls I would have loved from something from her dress and I bet you would have been able to find something great because there were some lace components on there too. You still yeah. have two little girls, Sarah. True story. So you know now. Now you know because I I think about that. I'm gonna probably have to tell my mom. I'm, I'm gonna grab her dress and hold on to it because you never know what the world will be like when they get married and Absolutely. what they can do with their their garments. Because like you said, garments are are great, especially. And then also too, I was thinking to myself. Funny story is, I mean so my dress was this beautiful Italian lace dress and and it's sitting in a preserved box but I don't even know why I preserved it because I fell in mud the night of my wedding so my the entire front of my dress has mud and I got it professionally cleaned, but you can't get that type of that you it's mud is tough. no so I don't know I, I wonder what this thing's gonna look like one day when I spoil <laughs>
1: It, out. it will be fun to watch and see. <laughs> At least the back side might not have mud on it.
0: Right. right? And there was <laughs> and I had real buttons on my dress. So maybe maybe my little That's girls could thing. do something it's, with that.
1: It's the little elements. Like right. on this um on the one I mentioned with the pearls, the dress I'll honestly say is nothing special. The fabric is like some kind of stretch kiana or something or other. But the pearls, granted they're not real cultured pearls, but they're very nice glass pearl beads. And a lot of times these days you get plastic beads. Yes. So it's, you know, in, in the lace that I mentioned before, it, it was a really beautiful quality um, Alanson, you know, uh, corded lace. So you can definitely pull some quality elements off of these dresses and do something completely different with.
0: You mentioned something to me a little bit about some holiday stockings. May May yes. you press on that.
1: So, yeah. Um, Again, for those pieces that have yellowed or stained, and maybe the fabric's not any good, but maybe there's some sort of embellishment on it, be it an applique or lace, or I have one dress that I'm working with right now, it has um, some embroidered panels on it so it's um you know tone on tone it's a a sort of a white um matte satin with with embroidery on it it is very bridal looking but what i explained to um to my client is is that if we separate that and we kind of mix it up with some other fabrics and um so, I have some wools that I'm looking at and to use for the stocking itself. And then we're going to do that cuff out of the embroidered uh, wedding dress. And um, another idea I have for her, and we're kind of looking at the fabrics right now, is to make, I don't want to say patchwork and make it seem kind of quilty like, but um, to do different integrate different fabrics and make like a scarf so something that she can use on a regular basis so it's not just you know whites and very bridally looking you know we're looking for the right fabrics to mix in so that they all sort of coordinate and work together
0: so the people who are listening maybe if they do have um their mom's dress hanging around or their grandmothers or our loved ones um, and they're getting married or they just already got married, maybe just taking the garment to you. You There's things you can come up with to tell them that they may have not even thought they could do with it.
1: Absolutely. And again, you know, I'd like to take into consider um, the client's personality or who the recipient of this like gift might be. And um, take their, if it's a home decor item, take in their lifestyle, um, you know, tastes and, you know, are you mardin, are, um, are you, I don't know, eclectic or or whatever the case may be. Just so that it's a usable piece and not just something else that's, you know, sitting in a, a box somewhere um, because that's not doing the, uh, the usable heirloom idea any good, you know. Speaking of a box, I actually have another uh, funny situation that happened a few years back. I was on location uh, to garment care. There was a lot of tension in the room for various reasons, and I was trying to carve a thought out within the uh, suite that I could work in. And on a table, I noticed a box that had been yellowed, um, it had little blue posy flowers on it. And I recognized it only because my own wedding invitations came in the exact same size and printed box. So it sort of ticked my curiosity because I knew that it wasn't new. Whatever was in it was not new. It was something that either had been handed down, or it was being carried there to this suite for a reason. So I go about my business, and the tension doesn't let up, and there's all sorts of lists of things to do being sort of yelled out in the room, well, we still have to do this, and we still have to do that, and it's mentioned about the docs. And the mom of the ride is trying to play it down a little bit because I can tell she's just so stressed out. She doesn't know what to do. So at one point when I was almost done with my work, I, I went up to her and just asked if I could ask what was in the box. because, And I told her the reason why. I also have a box like that. And she explained that it was a hair piece of her sister who had passed away oh, and they were trying to incorporate it somehow for the bride to wear but they didn't know what to do they didn't know if it should be part of the bouquet or cuz now she has this very modern you know very different colored dress than this yellowed hairpiece that was in the docs so i asked if i could take a look at it and i just kind of poked around with it a little bit and i had a few ideas and I mentioned it to her. And she stopped dead in her tracks and got a little emotional. And then she called the bride over. She actually asked the bride to stop being a brat because she <laughs> was being a little nasty at that moment. And she's like, listen, Nancy has some ideas. And um, I think you should listen. So I just, you know, for me it was pretty clean cut and, and somewhat simple to do. But um, at the end of the day, we decided that I would make this little uh, hair brooch. They, there were some jewels in it and uh, some lace. And I just, I explained to them that I'd have to take it apart, but that I would put it back together, you know, in a new form. And I happened to have the materials I needed in terms of like the thread and that sort of thing. And I ended up making the piece that she wore for the wedding the next day.
0: Well, Nancy, you are quite a garment specialist no. over here. <laughs> no, that was a passion. of That, that
1: was out of uh, just a, an act of love just because the docs intrigued me. And when she told me the story, of course, I'm sure I cried a little bit as well. And it's like, oh, we have to make this work somehow. Yeah. But, it, you know, for me, it was sort of an easy do only because – I make hair pieces. So, you know, the the construction part of it was not something I had to think twice about. I happened to have in my diddy kit the materials that I needed. And um, it just satisfied what they were going for. And it just eased a lot of stress and tension amongst them. So they went off to their rehearsal and I continued stitching and I left it for them
0: on the ironing board. Little did you know that a, that a nice little box would ease the tension in the exactly. whole room. A little bit of Nancy and a little oh, bit of the there box. There you go. Rest and I it. still have
1: my box, that I don't even know what's in it.
0: <laughs> All right, Nancy, what's that time now for a wrap-up question? So with that said, what are some key points that a bride should be considering when she's selecting accessories? And is she really only limited to what she has available for her at the shop where she purchases her gown? Great question, Sarah. Um, What you should be looking for when
1: choosing accessories are a few things, actually. You should definitely consider what your vision is of how you want to look on your wedding day. So you've selected your dress. For a particular reason, it it gave the look that you want. It fits you perfectly. It works with your um, your body type, your silhouette, etc. Your accessories should all do the same thing. So, again, if. What you also need to consider is where the wedding is going to be held in the time of day. Is it um, a morning garden party, outdoor sort of ceremony and reception, or are you in a mansion uh, for an evening black tie? Your accessories should reflect all of that as well. Um, And as I had mentioned early on, proportion is something you definitely want to consider. Um, You don't want one part of your look overwhelming another and, um, you know, sort of – you don't want the dress and the accessories wearing you. You want to be – wearing them. We want to look at you and say, "Oh wow, look at Sarah. She's so beautiful. Oh, look at that dress." And then like I said, notice everything else. As far as where to get the accessories, um certainly it's helpful to try things on the day that you've purchased your dress or once you've decided which dress you're going to purchase. Um, but you're not obligated to dye everything that day. It is a bit overwhelming choosing the dress. And then when you find that one, um, it, it is a bit of a relief. But there's a lot going on, particularly if you have, you know, a whole wedding party with you or just a dear friend or your mom. That's, that's a huge accomplishment to choose the dress. So don't feel that you have to... Um, choose the rest of the pieces as well on that day. Um, You know, you can can search out either myself or somebody like me that deals specifically with accessories, and then that's the next
0: step of finalizing your look. So thank you, Nancy, so very much for joining me on this week's episode of Wedding Secrets Unveiled. You helped our listeners become one step closer to their journey of a stress-free wedding planning. Can you tell them where they can find you? Absolutely. Um, I'm old school in
1: the sense that the best way to contact me is to call me. Um, you can reach me at 401-965-6556. I do have a website. It's www.bridalfinery.com. You can reach out to me via email at nancy@bridalfinery.com. Um, what else do I have here? Instagram, I'm on Instagram as well. All all the typical things. Um, But yeah, just give me a call and I can walk you through the process. We can uh, talk about whatever your needs are or the needs of your wedding party and and go from there. Love to hear from you.
0: And then what I'll do, Nancy, for our listeners is I'll put bridal fineries information on our episode show notes along with those pictures you have to send me perfect now. thank yep. you and then that way they can find those show notes on our blog and visit our webpage at sarah com backslash podcast well thank you nancy for joining us my pleasure this was so much fun thank you sarah Thank you for listening to Wedding Secrets Unveiled. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to tell you something. I encourage you to check out our website at sarazarella.com. We love photographing while having fun, of course. Check out our podcast page on our website for our show notes along with upcoming episodes with your local wedding experts. Listen in as we help you plan your epic event. And don't forget that you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate if you left a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support and let us know what you think. If you know any wedding experts that would like to be a guest, we have a link directly on our website where they can let us know. Thank you for listening.